Welcome to Journey to Inner Wisdom. I'm Crystal Cotto Sullivan and your host. I've been talking about, I've been talking to people about their journey to inner wisdom as well as exploring different tools, methodologies, a, a variety of things that do assist us or guide us on our journey. And as I'm sure many of you have experienced, coming across new information that um, it just kind of keeps showing up. And maybe a couple of years ago, all of a sudden I started to be aware of something called human design experiment or human design um, system. And it just kind of popped up and I, you know, the first time it's like, it just kind of goes through my head and then it came up again and it came up again. And then suddenly I thought, okay, <laughs> something's telling me I need to pay attention to this. So that's how I began to study the human design system because it just kept popping up. And um, I started to explore it a little bit more. So today I'm going to have a conversation with two wise women who have also been studying and using the human design system as a tool and a guide for themselves on their journey and also with the women that they work with. So welcome Kimberly and Vani. Thanks for Hi. joining me today. Thank you for having me. So let me introduce the two of you a little bit before we get into this conversation. So Kimberly Banfield is the founder of Soulcology. As a mentor, speaker, and teacher, she guides and supports women to find clarity, confidence, and courage to listen to their intuition, heal past experiences, and find and fulfill their soul purposes. What she loves the most is helping women to make their life a moment that matters through living a solar S-O-U-L-A-R, solar-powered life. Great. Thanks. Thanks for coming, Kimberly. And Vanessa, Vani Kennedy is the founder of Yogic Living. She is also a modern living hippie. <laughs> she guides working women to successfully survive stress with clarity of their whole selves so that they can amplify their wellness, energize their work, and goals and be a positive force on the issues that matter to them while going, doing it all. Okay, great. Well, I'm really excited that we're going to talk about the human design system today. And there's so much information. It's like, <laughs> where do we start? Where do we start? I feel like uh, maybe we start with uh, what human design actually is that's a it. really good idea never heard of it before <laughs> so isn't there a song yeah the best place to start is to start at the beginning kind of thing that's a good a very idea. good place to start what is it what is it <laughs> okay so who wants to talk about what is the human design system i feel like this is for you vani <laughs> since i'm a dealer well you know i i actually simplify it quite a lot the the human design system um, is a way to look at your unique self, right? So as you come into this life and into this body and into this world and into this experiment of living, not just this human design experiment, this life living experiment, it helps you to, it helps us, or me at least, get clarity about my unique self, right? Before anybody else's ideas about me, who am I? What are my traits in this lifetime? What are my foibles? Um, it helps me to connect to my fullest self so that I can then 
be my fill my place in the world and to um, interact with the world in a meaningful way. And it's based on uh, my favorite things, timeless tools and modern tools. So uh, it's got some of the yogic chakra system, the Kabbalah tree of life, the I Ching, Western astrology, but also quantum mechanics, uh, neutrinos, genetics. So it's looking really at how does this physical form and this mental form um, really maximize this opportunity to be here now. Mm. Well said, well said. And what's interesting, Vani, um, with the human design system is that we come in to this, this life, this human experiment, this where we are. Um, but as we go through our life, we're conditioned. And I, when I work with people, I talk about limiting beliefs and, um, you know, mistaken logic. And so, so we're conditioned to think about ourselves in a particular way. Mm -hmm. And it often kind of masks who we really are, who we've come in as. And I think that's the, the beauty of this, this system is that it helps to kind of move that mask away so that we can really get to start to get to the essence. And, you know, there are all kinds of ways that we can do that, but this is really an interesting um, system to look at, okay, how have I been conditioned and what is it about? myself and my not self that conditions me yeah and my conditioning and the external conditioning and the interesting other layer there is understanding that we then also condition others right so then we are projecting those things on others as well mm -hmm. um so the nice thing about that clarity we can get about ourselves is it it helps us to see others really clearly as well it helps to see them for themselves um and <clears throat> sort of I found it's made communication, relationships, working much more positive, much more effective, much more satisfying to really um, connect with people with who they truly are and who you truly are and to do the things that you're here to do and that you love um, and that help to create those positive impacts, whatever they are for you. Um, in that world around you and understanding that, oh, I'll give you an example from my own life. One of the things for me, I'm a manifesting generator, is I have this very strong initial response if something is right or wrong for me. Mm -hmm. We call it very funnily the hell yes or the hell no response. <laughs> um, and for a long time, um, I came to believe that if I didn't overthink it, it couldn't be an accurate decision. And that that hell, no, hell, yes, was just a knee-jerk reaction and I should discount it completely. Mm -hmm. And almost, you know, spent a lot of time overthinking it and discounting my initial responses, which ended up causing me a lot of anxiety, a lot of self-doubt, looking for a lot of external validation and missing a lot of opportunities that either I did things because I was supposed to, that weren't right for me. I missed things that, because I couldn't explain and guarantee, I could, I could explain why I was doing them. Mm -hmm. I missed out on, or I just let things slip past until the moment, you know, I have to wait for that moment to come back around. Cause I, I do believe that in this model, the things that are right for you will, are meant for you to engage. Mm -hmm. And so working with this and understanding my own self better, understanding my own way of making decisions, understanding that 
No, my deep inner knowing, my deep antenna, my own personal GPS was telling me what was right or wrong for me, um, helped me to really shake off a lot of that anxiety, a lot of that self-doubt, and honestly, just do more fun things more faster. Um, because I, and, and to stop worrying about like, like, like FOMO, right? Am I missing out? Am I supposed to? What if I don't do that? Um, and so it really made my life a lot more fun and a lot more engaged because I knew I, what I shouldn't, I knew what I could and couldn't um, trust in terms of my responses, but also I could just kind of get on with doing the stuff that I was meant to and wanted to and excited about doing. Mm -hmm. So it's a really nice way of starting to learn your own toolkit. And again, it's a model you can't, right? It's, it's a tool for you to use um, to really, just really get the most out of your experiment. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. How about you, Kimberly? You want to throw something in there? Yeah. And before I do, I wanted to say that uh, one of the things that is needed to get your human design is it's based on your birth date, time and location. Mm -hmm. If you and ideally you'll have your exact birth time. But if you don't have your exact birth time, then it's recommended that you check various points throughout the day to see how each uh, body graph chart differs accordingly. And then there are various things that you can do to like, you know, use a pendulum to understand like where your birth time may fall if you don't know what it is, or if you've got a ballpark figure, okay, then you can narrow it down to a smaller window or to the exact time that resonates with you. But you'll need your name, your birth time, your birth location uh, in order to get an accurate um, chat and I'm sure we can pop some different websites in the show notes so that Absolutely. people can look theirs up. For me, I was first introduced to human design in 2017 and initially when I looked at my body graph chart and I understand this is quite a common thing, I went, whoa, what is this? This looks really complicated. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> like, no. And it, it took me another two years to pick it back up again and similar to crystal because it kept coming back into my awareness and I thought mm -hmm. all right uh okay I see what you're doing here universe I will look at this <laughs> and so I'm a man I'm a manifester I'm a four six splenic manifester and um manifestors are there's only like nine ten percent of the population are manifestors so the only ones more rarer than us are reflectors. And as a manifester, the first time I saw my chart and I had it explained to me, I went, oh, that's why I am the way that I am. And suddenly so many parts of me made sense. So many parts of my life made sense. And there were so many, I had this initial experience of, oh, there's so much shit I can let go of now. Mm -hmm that I know that actually this, this is really truly who I am on a five dimensional piece of paper. So um, for me, the experience of learning that I was a manifester, that my not self theme is anger. And when I am in alignment, my signature is, is peace. And that was something that there were so many times that I could think of in my life where anger had come up because I knew that something wasn't 
aligned for me and just how much that anger continued the more I continued along an unaligned path and then the peace I experienced when I would end that unaligned path or move off that path onto the path that was aligned for me and so now so much of what I do I respond to that sense of actually this is making me angry that's really interesting why is it making me angry what is this bringing up for me what is this showing me what is this teaching me and where is it also demonstrating my conditioning because sometimes the anger is coming from a place of but you shouldn't do that and I'm angry at the conditioning or I'm angry at what's expected of me instead of instead of people letting me just be who I am you know as a manifesto we really value freedom we really value our own self-expression we follow creative urges and then long potentially long rest periods we need freedom in our schedules and when I don't have that my conditioning for not having that like fill your day make it really busy be super productive all the time I'm not designed to be super productive all the time I can work in four hour sprints that feels really good to me and then I must rest then I might do another four hour sprint or I might not but I must rest and yet my conditioning says but you shouldn't you should push through and I get angry at that conditioning and angry at myself for being conditioned in that way when I knew all along that that wasn't right Mm -hmm. for me but the peace that I experience in that space now is it's worth moving through that anger and processing that anger to get to that peace and when I feel that in my body it's just like oh yeah this is this is how this is my natural state this is how I am meant to be and exist in the world as a splenic manifester that means that my guidance comes in the moment sometimes it's really loud and other times it is much softer oftentimes with 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 splenic authority that's what we're talking about here the authorities with splenic authority I've heard it talked about how like it speaks to you really really softly and that's not my own personal experience my personal experience Mm. is that if my spleen wants me to know something it will scream at me really loudly (laughs) and sometimes like literally scream at me in my ear Mm. it's rare for me that it is super soft Mm. most of the time it is like I'm very aware of when my spleen my splenic intuition um is speaking to me and I'm also very aware these days of when I ignore it because that's when the anger pops up where it's like you knew this wasn't right for you and you still went ahead and did it (laughs) why so there was like I said a lot of a lot of me made sense when I looked into human design and I know that's not everyone's experience the first time I see their body graph and they learn about who they were created as at birth who they chose to come into this life experience as at birth that's not always everyone's experience sometimes it's because they have the wrong birth time and other times it's because the conditioning is so heavily laden on top of their energetic being on top of this energetic blueprint that you can't see the forest through the trees of who you actually are until you start to uncover all of that stuff and then it becomes this game if you will of and I play I still play this game now you know several years into my experience of oh well I wonder 
I wonder what I'm like in that space. I wonder what I'm like in that experience. And I like to start to observe myself in that space instead of just blindly going about doing things the way I've always done them. It's like, well, what am I like in this space? What do you, what am I like stopping and taking a moment and just being in the experience instead of rushing through it? Or like I said, doing it how <clears throat> I've been taught how to do it. Well, it's interesting because um, we we have three of the types or three different types today. So I'm a projector. Yeah. And when I did my chart, it was it was really eye opening. And, you know, I've I've slowly uncovered different aspects of it. But initially, what was so helpful for me that as a projector, my strategy is to wait for invitation. And so um being quite a uh what what a firstborn and uh high achiever i would always jump into things and when i started to sit back and look at the pattern in my life that often when i was very successful in a job or doing something it was because i had been invited to do it and when i kind of bulldoze my way into a situation or I was doing the inviting it just fell flat so so what it did is it it just kind of it changed my expectations of the way that I am in the world so rather than being the initiator which is the um I mean that's, that's me. the manifester exactly mm -hmm. it's like I I'm I'm not here to initiate and I'm also not necessarily necessarily here to pick up what the manifester is doing. I have to wait for the manifester to say, hey, you want to do this? Or the generator to say this? Or to the... inform you. Yes, <laughs> inform, exactly. Either inform me or respond. But I, I, have to, I have to wait for the invitation. So it was really interesting. And, and I've just been kind of um, uncovering my uh, not-self theme, which is bitterness. Because I now recognize that when I'm doing something that I've initiated and it's not successful, I get bitter. But when I'm when I'm invited to do something, it's and you know success is uh, is varying. It could be you know just the fact that I'm doing it. It feels like success because that's my signature. So I really have I, I really have learned to listen for the invitations and invitations take all types of, of forms. And I've also learned that while waiting for invitations, and this is with the help of Kimberly is to do what I love. And so, I mean, I love to do all kinds of things. And so, you know, not only the work that I'm doing in the podcasting and the writing and the workshops, but you know, I love to do art and I love to do make quilts and I love to cook and I love to garden. So, so rather than feeling guilty that I am doing things that I love, it's like, that's, that's what I'm here for is to do that. And then to be invited and sure enough, invitations start to come. Like, it's just so interesting. It's almost as if I, I, I didn't notice at times that there were invitations um, coming. And I've also learned about my energy. So for me, um, Kimberly, I can work 
Like I could sit down at my desk and work for 10 hours. I could work on a quilt for 10 hours. I could, you know, intense work for a period of time. So I might have a week where I get like three weeks of work done. And then it's like, okay, energy's gone. And, and then it's gone. And so in the past, I would think, oh my God, am I sick? Am I depressed? Like what's wrong with me? And now I realize, okay, energy's low, relax, do some reading, take some naps, and not push it, not push it. Because in the past, I think what would happen is when I look at the pattern is I would just burn out. Yeah. Whereas now it's like, okay, I've got the energy. Let me do all these things I want to do. And then, and then just let it be. Just and it's a great example of deconditioning, right? Because that where the cultural conditioning is do, 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 always do, do your 10 hours a day, as yeah. opposed to, hey, I couldn't do a lot by not burning out, right? By listening to knowing and understanding my energy flow, I can actually get a lot done, mm-hmm. do it with love and enthusiasm and success, and then get proper rest. So that I'm ready for the next bout of work I'm supposed to be doing and not burning out and not getting sidelined and not, you know, not putting out work that I'm enjoying, that I'm doing well for me, um, that I feel is benefiting the impact I'm supposed to be looking at. So, you know, some of this deconditioning is really about that idea that it's not one size fits all. We actually have our own, all have our own unique sizes and filling them gives us the total fullness and allows us to really be engaged, but also to keep being engaged, right? And not having to, I I was just talking about this with someone and explaining that having time down is not about kind of falling apart and recuperating and being just like lying flat for three days. You shouldn't have to recover from living your life or doing your work. (laughs) You should be able to do your work and then have rest that's nourishing, that's still enthusiastic and and stimulating. It just might be a different type of engagement. And so that deconditioning piece can actually help us expand really to the next level and and do everything and more uh, of what we are hoping to be doing. Well, and I think it's interesting too, in terms of um, the conditioning, as you say, Bonnie, you know, working nine to five or, or whatever. And the expectation is that everybody works the same way mm-hmm. and not everybody works the same way. Generators. Yeah. And exactly. it's, yeah, my sister is also a gener- a projector. And it's one of the things she struggles with is the difference of doing things that exhaust her, which she only has a couple of hours for, but she should, she has a to-do list. She should do it all. As opposed to the amount of time that she can have energy for things that she loves. So it's interesting to me when you think about it, how much of our designs are based on what do you love to do? What are you supposed to be doing is something that you love doing. Mm -hmm. Um, But just that idea of the shoulds, right? That Mm -hmm. she should put in more hours. She should do more paperwork. She should, she's, you know, not feeling lazy, not feeling like she's not pulling her weight because she's not putting in nine to five hours but she can't put in a good nine to five hours. She can put in great 10 to one hours Yes. Um, and then move on for her rest and other things that she needs for her unique place in this life. Um, and so deconstructing that, and that's again, where yourself and not self, I, I think of them as bumper cars, right? Or bumper mm-hmm. rails. Mm-hmm. It kind of helps you navigate mm-hmm. that experience, especially if you know, life happens fast. 
um, for her to, to really start to learn what that bitterness and uh, experience that and it's amazing that it's just like literally a full body full being feeling experience that you have mm -hmm. that you can tune into um, helps is helping her to learn okay what where's this coming from and and you know what how do I want to necessarily perhaps want to renegotiate what I'm doing and how I'm doing it how do I want to notice it because I can't renegotiate it now that I'm already in the deep end but next time I can pay more attention before I get in the deep end that's right that's and right. that's it like it, it helps us to sort of cut ourselves a little bit of a break and and explore more with curiosity like it's an exploration and it's it's um it's sort of working through those many many layers and and situations and and finding and it'll change over time as well right so keeping it as an engaged play playful experiment i think find really helpful for people mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah I, I, one of the things that that's interesting too is um when people know their their uh, human design authority and strategy it's it, it's interesting uh, it would be interesting and i've not done this but to work on a team because each mm. each type each each person each each one knows or has something to contribute so you know like the manifester gets it started the generator gets it like gets the work done and then the projector is like okay is this going smoothly how, what's the process like? And then um, the reflector is, well, tell us, is it going well or not? And, and everyone on the team would have a purpose. And it's really interesting because, you know, as you said, Kimberly, 10% of the pop about, well, 10% of the population are manifestors. So you don't want everybody starting things because we'd be <laughs> like way too busy. <laughs> but then 70% of the population are generators. So they're going to, they're, they like to get that stuff done. 20% are projectors. So we're just kind of, you know, watching to make sure that it's going smoothly. And then 1% of reflectors kind of guiding is like, okay, like tell us what the overall sense of what's happening and so it's just really yeah. interesting that um there's that type of a, a breakdown the other thing i wanted yeah. to say too is that the way the system is set up and vani you talked about all of the different you know ancient as well as modern systems coming together to put this human design system together means that there are like like millions and millions and millions of different variations like just as there are so many people so it's not like you know not everybody's a gemini you've got all these gemini's and you have all of these aquarius and you have all these libras and the virgos it's like no everybody is different because of the intricacy of the way this is put together now obviously you know some people are born at the same time in the same place and yeah, they might have the same kind of a chart, but their conditioning will impact who they are. So, so I find that really fascinating as well, that it's it, each profile, each person's profile can be very different. So in some ways, it leaves out the uh, need to compare because you can't compare, right? Oh, absolutely. And I can speak to that too, in the sense that, you know, I'm, I'm a twin. Right. And there is one minute between my brother and I, 
And uh, so I was born at 11, oh my God, I had a mental blank for a second, 11, (laughs) (laughs) he was born at 1145. Um, And so our charts are, exactly the same I think maybe one line is different mm-hmm. but our, like the bulk of our chart is exactly the same we are very different people and so what was fascinating for me and and this this was something that I really had to explore within myself because when I looked at my chart and then I realized that my twin brother would have the same chart as me I was like oh somehow I'm not special because somebody else has the same chart right. as me somehow like you know well then maybe he's meant to be doing the same things that I am or I'm meant to be doing the same things that he's doing and with something like some extra additional layers that I really had to work through to go well no like we're still completely different individual people because Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. he came into this life to do different things that I came in to do and but initially it was like oh everyone talks about how unique you are in human design because everyone's charts are different, but like, what if your chart's not different to somebody else's? But yet what I have come to realize in looking at the way that, the way that he lives his life and what he's doing in the world, what he's creating as a manifester as well. And, and then I look at mine, like it actually created this deeper sense of respect, appreciation and admiration of my brother where and where I could really see him embodying his manifester um, design and the way that I embody my manifested design and they're so different hmm. even though our charts are remarkably similar if not largely the same so and I could and I, I saw him at Christmas time I was home in Australia mm-hmm. and just knowing like our strategy as a manifester is to inform. So being able to inform another manifester and then watch another manifester inform, because that's not an easy thing for us to do. And I still don't always enjoy informing, this is what I'm doing and this is where I'm going and you can get on board or not, like either way is okay, but just so you know. But being able to do that with another manifester was like a whole different experience and something that really deepened that practice for me and also then being able to look at oh this that's where his anger is showing up that's where Mm. that's where it's like and being able to see when he was experiencing deep peace and go wow like to be able to see this because I don't actually know a lot of manifestors I think I know one or two other manifestors Mm. and they always talk about how manifestors seem to collect for the manifestors I'm yet to have that experience I'm actually surrounded by projectors and managers so to be able to witness that in in my family and go Oh, like that's that's what that looks like that's what that that's what it is to observe that so you know if you have if you're a twin or a triplet or you know you have even a friend who was born at the same or a similar time to you and you're feeling a bit like oh well I'm not unique like you still are because it's that whole nature nurture debate even though my brother and I grew up in the same family we're still going to have different experiences because we're different people. Mm-hmm. We're different humans. We came in with a different essence, even mm-hmm. though we were born, uh, you know, one minute apart. So yeah, it's, it's been wild. That's a great example. 
it's uh, to just to really even show that so close, so similar, and yet so different, and that you can't really compare. No. So, so John is also a manifester. Is he? he is he is yes yes. Wow, and, I do know another one then. Uh, yeah, you do know one. So I I thought I had his chart here, but it's really interesting because we're just I'm just starting to um really look at it with him and um you know the uh, signature of peace he's a he's a pretty peaceful guy yeah he is yeah and you know he said to me the other day um well I don't really get angry and I'm thinking hmm are you sure like I didn't trust that I was like you sure you don't get angry <laughs> you're a manifesto but, but, but I realized that um you know, he, he really is, he's, he's, he's doing the work that he wants to do. And he's always informing. He's always informing mm -hmm. when he's working with couples, he's informing, he's doing his um, newsletter and he does his, his Facebook live Facebook. And so he's in some ways without knowing he has kind of really become conscious of what he's here to do. He's doing yeah. it. Yeah. And so in some ways he's way ahead of me just because he's kind of done it. And I'm like, Oh my God. <laughs> you must have done human design in another life. Am I bitter with But it's it, but it's interesting too. And you, you mentioned earlier, Vani, um, it is interesting to know, um, the 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 authority and strategy of other people because mm -hmm. it does change how we can interact with people you know it's um yeah you know you talk yeah, about informing kimberly you know that that you as a manifester inform well that that just makes absolute sense and to to then know that if someone's in if someone's a manifester and they're informing me it's like yeah that's exactly what needs to happen right. um so so i think it it certainly does improve communication when people are are you know are aware of of it yeah so i think um so i'm married to an emotional manifesting generator so that means that his authority uh is emotional authority and in knowing that I make, as a splenic manifester, I make decisions really quickly and I can get things started really quickly because manifestors are here to initiate. We're here to like start fires and then, you know, then pass it on mm -hmm. uh, or bring other people into the mix to help us to sustain the fire, to, to finish the fire. And yet so as, a, as an emotional manifesting generator, I know that if I'm doing something big, if I'm informing about something big, like say a creative urge in my business or a creative urge in my life, my husband then needs the time to ride the emotional wave. Mm -hmm. And depending on how big it is will depend on how long or short that emotional wave is until he comes to a place of clarity about whether or not he's going to be involved, whether or not he wants to be involved, whether or not he agrees with what I'm doing, how he's going to support what I'm doing what it is that we're collectively committed, et cetera, et cetera. He needs time and energy and space to ride the highs and the lows of that mm -hmm. until he comes to a place of, oh yeah, it's it's this. 
mm-hmm. and that place will be like a, a place of almost like emotional neutrality or emotional clarity okay like, yeah this is this is my decision here this is my involvement or not or or whatever it might be his his part of that is so in knowing that sometimes I, I really do need to remind myself of that and not expect him to be as fast in the decision-making process mm-hmm. as me and or to not get personally caught up in an emotional low where he's like, oh, well, this is like, this is like the down part of my emotional wave and to not take that as a reflection of oh well he hates my idea or he thinks it's bad or he doesn't want to be involved or it's too much work or it's too much this or I'm too much or like to not personalize it and instead recognize oh like actually this is just part of his emotional wave he's now riding the low of that Mm -hmm. or that when he's riding the emotional high of that where he might be like super enthusiastic and like ask me lots of questions and you know have lots of ideas come up himself for what this creative urge could be to also not get too caught up in that either because that's just his way of processing the high emotional energy of it until he comes to the place of, okay, it's this. And it took some time for us to navigate that Mm -hmm. space to understand that that was, that this is just each other's processes. So now I go into it saying, this is what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And and then it's like I, I get to watch the wave and I'm quite fascinated by it because I'm also, I am, um, my emotional center is completely open. So I am fascinated by watching his process, but also understanding the impact that, that has on me as I amplify the emotional process for him. So mm-hmm. we really need to navigate that space sometimes quite carefully because if I'm amplifying, um, whether it's negative or positive emotions, like, Right. I really do amplify it. <laughs> so right. Knowing that we really, we like, we now speak in such a way that's like, we recognize, oh, this is where you're at in your process. And that's, that's part of the reason why it's so important for me as his partner, as his wife, to continue to inform throughout that process, but also for him to share where he's at in the emotional process for him um, as well, because. Otherwise, uh, we can end up on completely opposite ends of the spectrum and personalizing a process that actually isn't mm-hmm. there to be personalized. It's personal to him because it's his process, but it's not to be personalized by anybody else because it actually has nothing to do with them. He's simply going through his motions. Right. Yeah. Cool. I would say similarly, my, so I'm a Manny Jen, uh, sacral authority, so lots of energy. Um, and my sister is, um, a G centered projector. So it's quite funny because I've learned, I need to understand things by asking 42 questions in a minute, and then she needs a day off to rest and think about that. So I often come in like, I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions and then I'll come back later. We'll talk about it. Mm -hmm. So she's like, okay. Um, but for her to feel what's drawing her along her path what how she feels about something she says a projector she's so good at seeing everybody else but not herself as much like her reflection her vision is very outward oriented um she needs to talk and she needs to sort of hear the tone of her voice the language that she's using 
um, her clarity. And so now when she starts to ask me something or starts a conversation, I will sometimes check in and be like, okay, are you gonna need feedback or help designing a solution? Or do you just need to talk? And so just knowing that before I jump in with 800 ideas is really helpful because she doesn't actually necessarily need me to tell her anything. She needs somebody who sees her Mm-hmm. so that she mm-hmm. can see herself so she can use her voice and hear it for herself and so knowing that I mean we are sisters right so um we you know you're gonna have those sister moments and you're gonna take things for granted um it's helpful just to you know we also work and teach together so to be able to facilitate how we um support each other better and communicate better so that we can get where we both want to go and where we want to go together has been really helpful to understand and sometimes i'm like are we just talking or do you need like before i ask these 800 questions that come to mind let me just catch myself what do you need here and at first it seemed really forced but now we just do it really quick because we we understand we've built an understanding with clarity with each other that we know the processes and sometimes it's like please fix my computer i don't even care how it works just make it happen (laughs) and i'm like cool i'll ask all the questions of google it'll be fine um so yeah it, it can actually create a really deepened relationship and understanding of of those in your life by working more clearly and and more just with like a, a clearer vision of each other as well as yourself and that's in that situation well it's interesting what? because one of the things about projectors is that we want it's also about recognition so it's about invitation mm-hmm. and recognition and you obviously by asking that you you are seeing you're recognizing your sister for who she is and you know without recognition there then the bitterness can come in as well so that's good for you yeah so we do have a family joke now where you'll hear me yelling go have a projector nap um (laughs) when I can tell she's falling right off of her alignment about I'm like and so now that's a family a family thing she's like I'm gonna go have a projector nap for 20 minutes I'm like that would be a fantastic idea. I recognize and support that within you. <laughs> I, you know what I find as a projector, I don't even have to have a nap if I just kind of lay down, lie down, get horizontal. Oh, and then that just kind of, I don't know, just because I, I, as a projector, I tend to pick up all kinds of energy mm-hmm. and that's one way that I can kind of release that energy is just to lie, lie down yeah. and it doesn't have to be long, like, like five minutes. And mm-hmm. I can get up and, and my energy seems to be back. Yeah. So. And that's an interesting thing, right? So when we talk about rest, um, what's that? I heard somebody use a really, a really uh, interesting phrase. It was like productive rest or something. I can't really quite remember what it is now. Mm. Um, it's, it's what nourishes and restores, like cleans out your uh, frenetic or energy or used up energy and like for my sister honestly it could be reading about Gaelic verbs like I don't know she loves that stuff because she's a projector right like very very specific passions so it's what it may be reading a book it could be doing tarot it could be yeah. watching the tree or just going and walking on grass like, it doesn't have to be a nap per se yeah. Um, but yeah you know what is that rest and all the types have that like what is the rest for you yeah. Um, and I think like for me as a Manny Jen, I'm, I am a good sleeper. Ooh, I love sleep. I go to bed. I say, good night. I'm out. And mm-hmm. so when I'm not, what I realize is, is that my motor, so there's four energetic motors. I have three. 
and uh, if, especially the sacral motor. If I've been busy thinking all day, or maybe like working out a problem or forcing a problem to get fixed, um, if I haven't used my physical battery, there's mm -hmm. no way I'm getting to sleep easily, mm. right? So I'm the type of energy who has a lot of energy as long as it's doing what I love and what's right for me. If I don't, it's like slamming on the brakes. It's like no energy for you. Um, so it's a really interesting uh, measure for me as well between the self and not self and the energy flow and not energy flow. Um, but if I've not used my physical energy, if I've not done things, if I've not been in the world, which also helps me to go out. So responding isn't just waiting for things to pop up in my life. Responding for a Manny Jen is also going out into the world, trying things, experimenting things, putting yourself in places. And that's part of that, that physical battery, right? Is to go out there, go touch things, see things, go places. If I haven't used that physical battery, Hmm. I'm basically just going to be like a bit of, of a mental frenetic mess, keeping everybody else and the projectors in my family up, entertaining <laughs> me. Because I'm like, I can't sleep. What's going on? My, and I'm like, oh, my God, could you just go out and walk around the block a couple of times? Like, just do something. <laughs> do some sun salutations to thank the sun for another great day, right? Then it's set. Like, just use your body's battery. So we all have that battery balance of what fuels us and what restores us and so that's a really interesting um because again if I haven't used my physical battery and then I can't sleep I'm like I'm like I'm gonna be very not self the next day right? like I'm gonna really be all frustration all hell knows all like willful uh, and so it's a good it is interesting to see your old patterns as well and your old conditioning come mm -hmm. up mm -hmm. in those moments to be like okay right that's why I love to be present with my alignment so that um, I have a much easier um, or I have more ease in the world and in my life um, so we all all the types and strategies and you know the layers of self have that that energetic balance what fuels the battery cells but also how much of your battery has to be used um, so that you can kind of have room to, re you can refuel properly. Mm -hmm. um, and, and knowing that as well, what nourishes you and your type. Um, I mean, and then I think in that case, your type is a clue to help you figure out you, right? What refuels, what nourishes you. Um, so it's, it's <laughs> helps to take you from sort of, this model into your own personalization of it. So w one of the things, so we've talked about manifestors and we've talked about uh, a ma manifestor generator, which is related to the generator. And then we talked about the projectors. Uh, we haven't talked about reflectors. So maybe we could talk a little bit about reflectors um, before we end this, this segment. Yeah, reflectors are, and as you said before, Crystal, like reflectors are the like less than 1% um, mm -hmm. of the population. And they are completely open in their human design body graph charts. So if you have a defined center, you're not a reflector. Yeah. That is the easiest way to describe it. Everything is open for you as a reflector. And so you don't really have like a consistent or a reliable energy because you you have um 
And so you basically, you like you're called a reflector for a, re a reason. That's because you reflect the energy of the environment. You reflect the health of an environment. And that could be an environment that you literally live in, but it could also be an environment like a project that you're working on at work. It could be a relationship. It could be you know, a number of different things, whatever your whatever the different environments are that you're in. And you'll like what my understanding of reflectors is that when they are in an environment that's wrong for them, it literally gets reflected in their health. They get very mm -hmm. poor in an environment or a situation that is not aligned for them. And it can take quite a heavy toll on on their physical health, let alone mental, spiritual, emotional health um, as well. So they really take in, like they take in other people's energy and then they filter that energy through their own beings and they, and they mirror it back. They reflect it back to that person. So they really experience the world that they're in, the world around them, the environment around them through their body first and foremost and reflectors are an incredible well they have an incredible ability to then tell you what what the health of something is tell you how something is going by the virtue of their own experience that they're having in their body because their body is a is a reflection of that so they're very open they're very understanding they're very empathic they're very um they're very aware mm -hmm when they're aligned with their reflector being but one of the most important things for a reflector to learn is discernment you know what of this that i'm experiencing is mine mm -hmm. and what of this that i'm experiencing is actually somebody else because the lines can get very blurred and you can lose track of who you are in the moment who you are in an experiment experience who you are in an environment because everything is so like it just, it just all feels like it's you, except that it's, it's not. So learning mm. discernment and being able to go, oh, and recognize, okay, these feelings in my body are actually not mine. Or this experience that I'm having right now in my body is not mine. Like I'm reflecting something back. I'm mirroring something. So taking note of where you are, who you're with, what's showing up in your body at the time and being able to question yourself either out loud if you need to, or, or you know, in the confines of your mind and mm. listening back to your intuition telling you like no this isn't yours or 50 percent of this is yours and 50 percent of this mm -hmm. is someone else's so that you can then process that accordingly and remain healthy as a reflector remain sane as a reflector mm. and be able to continue on doing whatever it is that you are here to do as that reflector yeah, that sense of wellness really helps to guide them in terms of this literally feels well or unwell for me. And, and that experience of reflecting other people's experience or tasting life, it's sometimes referred to, um, and coming to, okay, where, what within that felt well or not well for me, and putting aside what everybody else's experiences was, helps to give them that benchmark. I also really like their self and not self. Yeah. which is often described as their self would be surprised, like life mm -hmm. is surprising. Mm -hmm. um, and then not self would be disappointment. Yes. So um, that is, again, a, a very specific sort of 
engaged. And it's really interesting. You know, we talked a lot about these things about being how we feel, how the body's energy flows, and that one of the things with human design is is we've moved. Um, we're moving a bit out of that mental data, cognitive driven um, mm -hmm. for decision making, for deciding our paths into that embodiment, right? Like we know how to survive in this world. Now our body is sort of leading us through this experiment and the mind is helping us. So if our body decides what's right for us, this is a very simplistic way of doing this, then the mind helps to implement that decision and to analyze it and to observe it and to give feedback. Um, so we're, it is holistic still, we're using all of our pieces, but now we're sort of like, okay, you've become the expert at that now. Now we can move on to that next level and moving more into um, a spirit and emotion driven reality that, that takes a higher prevalence in our experiences is how the human design experiment is going. And I think you think about how many things we talked about we're about how we feel, how the body reacts, how our energy is, mm. right? It, it shows that orientation um, so beautifully for all of us. And there's something that, you know, it is common to all of us that we can, that we can share and, and appreciate in each other. It, that's great. You know, I think that um, that opens up a whole other conversation <laughs> in terms of some of the uh, other elements that that we're looking at like the the mind the body the 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 spirit how we start out as humans and then what what has been the purpose of our mind and now and what is the purpose of our body and kind of a, on an evolutionary level so why don't we end here because we've had some great conversations about the four different um the four different types and um Let's continue our conversation and maybe go a little bit deeper into some of the um, the inner workings of the human design. How does that sound? Sounds good. Okay, Sounds fantastic. Like well, thank you both for joining me today for this uh, first conversation on the human design um, uh, system. And uh, we will continue. So thank you all for joining me today on the journey to inner wisdom. And I hope that you will um, tune in again as we continue this conversation and explore the human design system as another method to move us along the journey uh, of our life and the wisdom that we can find in it. Bye for now. <laughs>